So students may apply to up to three out-of-zone schools. You have to do this through their online system, and then they will have a lottery in the spring. Rejoice 101.3. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is Pastor Shirley McCoy of Jerusalem Holy Community Church, inviting you to listen in and the receiving God's love on Wednesday at 12 noon on Rejoice. We are Rejoice. W-R-E-J, Richmond, W-267-CB, Richmond. Thank you for listening. Here's your AccuWeather forecast on Rejoice 101.3. Today will be partly sunny, still cold with a high of 40. Partly cloudy tonight, low 23. Then tomorrow, on and off sunshine. Monday's high, 48. Mainly clear tomorrow night, low 28. And Tuesday, partly sunny, high 50. Tuesday night, it'll be partly cloudy with a low of 29. Then cloudy skies Wednesday, high 59. For AccuWeather on Rejoice 101.3, I'm Sally Sherman. If anyone asks, you're listening to Rejoice, WREJ, Richmond, 101.3 FM, 990 AM. Hi, this is Tammy Mobley. I am a survivor of domestic violence. My personal mission is to educate and inform people about the red flags in an unhealthy relationship and the effects of domestic violence. This show, we will also talk about life challenges, incarceration, health scares, factors of racism, and much more. Let's start surviving today. Good morning. Welcome to Beyond Surviving with Tammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. I am your host, Tammy Mobley, domestic violence survivor and advocate, certified life, um, certified life coach. This morning, I have in studio with me Brittany Brown, who is the founder of Bold Ambassador. Stay tuned right after this commercial break, and we're going to hear about Brittany sharing her story about surviving hidden abuse. I may be Dr. Nina Ford Johnson, but I'm a mom first. My babies will be getting the COVID vaccine as soon as they're old enough. The risk from COVID far outweigh any risk from side effects of the vaccine. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hi, I'm Mama Shells of Mama Shells Cafe, home of the Soul Rolls, located at 10811 Hall Street Road. Give us a call at 804-912-1644 or order online at mamashells.com. Ask us about our off-site catering options. We also offer online ordering through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Follow us on social media at Mama Shells Cafe. That's Mama Shells. We're Seoul, south of the James. Welcome back to Beyond Survivor with Tammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. Once again, I am your host, Tammy Mobley, domestic violence survivor and advocate. I have in studio with me this morning, Brittany Brown. And one of the things that she said when she wrote to me, she said, abuse is not always obvious. I had no idea I was in an abusive relationship. So that's powerful because I think there's a lot of people don't even realize that they're in an unhealthy abusive relationship because they do not know the red flags or they don't even know what to look for in an unhealthy relationship. So welcome to the show, Brittany. Can you share a little bit about your story? Um, sure. So, um, I'm just going to start from the line that you used on Instagram. Um, so I had, um, I've been working in a shop and, um, 
me and my boyfriend at that time, we had, you know, visited that shop a lot of times. You know, it's a couple, it's kind of like a mall setting almost. And um, and so one of the shop owners one day, she whispered in my ear, and mind you, she's seen us interact for over the years, right? So this, is, this isn't just like a, a, a peer stranger. Um, and she pulls me to the side and she says, hey, um, I've been watching you guys for a while and I think that you're in abusive relationship. And at this time, I was 19, 20 years old. So you're, you know, you're brushing them off, right? Um, and she goes on to say, I know it may sound weird, but my sister was just killed by her partner. And so she's like, I, you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm just asking you to re-examine your relationship. And that was such a pivotal and life-changing moment. Um, for that relationship and for myself. That is a lot, right? You know, for someone to see something and say, let me speak on it, because there's a lot of time that people see things and they're not, you know, they're either talking behind your back or mm -hmm. just saying, oh, I wish I, if I was her, I would leave or something without actually coming to you and say, I think you are in an unhealthy relationship. What was, what did she see? Um, I think it was just things that most everyday people wouldn't pay attention to, right? So it was the, he had to drop me off, he had to pick me up. I had my own car, I could drive, right? Um, it was the way that he would hover around when I worked. He wouldn't necessarily always leave and go and do his own thing. He would kind of stay around in the vicinity or just stay with me at work. And so if you were working for five hours a day, he would stay around the whole time? Um, for the majority, and I worked like in an eyeglass shop. So, you know, it's pretty slow. It's not like he's really there, like disturbing what's going on. Um, but for someone who's working across from you can see it because they start to see the patterns of it. Um, other things would just be uh, just the way that, I guess, you know, if we're in the store, I'm, I, you know, just kind of hindsight, right? It's like, I'm like, can I get this? Can I get that? So it's a little bit of like that financial um, abuse was a part of that relationship as mm -hmm. well. So I think it was just her just seeing just these little small little snippets, but putting it together. And like I said, the reason why hidden abuse is so hard for people to identify because it looks like normal everyday things, right? Like, oh, he just wants me to dress like this because he really likes me wearing this type of clothing or um, oh, he just always likes to be around me. Or when you go out somewhere, oh, he just, you know, he loves me so much. He's always checking up on me and wants to see how I'm doing. That That's not, that's not normal. You know, maybe a check-in to see, did you make it there safely? But to constantly want to always talk to you, don't want you to be around anybody else but them, right? They start to isolate you and you don't even notice it before you look up and you're like, I haven't talked to my friends, been out with my friends in months. And then you're right because you probably didn't even think that you were an unhealthy or abusive relationship because it wasn't physical. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people equate abuse with actually a physical abuse or the bruises and things like that. But emotional and mental abuse is very prevalent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly what, what it was for me because when I thought of abuse, especially when we were children in school, we were taught, you know, bad relationships that someone was like hitting you or something like that. So to not have any of that built into the relationship, it was like, oh, we may be a little crazy from time to time, but you know, hey, right? And then an another thing is we tend to take these, take on these things from our childhood. So we see certain things in our childhood and it normalizes, it, it becomes normal to us. 
So when we become adults and this happens to us again, we're not on alarm, we're not alert because we grew up in that environment and and it becomes a part of your sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's truly not. How did you feel, how, how long were you in this relationship? Um, for almost two years. Two years, okay. So did you see anything like, I know you were saying you didn't realize it, but, but there were there times they were like, oh, this is not cool, but you just kept going on with it? Um, yeah, so there definitely were times that I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know how to describe it, right? It was like, something's off. I don't like the way this makes me feel. And I left several times. Um, and, you know, it was the whole, like, oh, you know, I, I, you know, it's the love bombing and the gift giving and all that stuff. And, you know, I'll never do it again. And you come back. Uh, but yeah, I just always knew something wasn't right. I just couldn't. And even after I left, it still took me a while to truly accept the fact that, um, it was an abusive relationship because my therapist, uh, we spent a lot of times with me just coming to terms with that's what it was. Uh, but what was really, um, a, a light, a enlightening moment was the girl he dated before me, we had mutual friends. And so we all just kind of sat down one day and we were just kind of talking and I just kind of say, hey, can I just ask you some questions about him? And she's like, sure. And we started finishing each other's sentences because we were ha- we had the same experience. And she was like, I have felt that same way too. Like I knew something wasn't right, but I could not put my finger on it. Like I couldn't find that space to know where to slot it. So I just took it as it was just a bad relationship. Um, and so I, it actually became like a beginning of a healing process for both of us. And we're still friends to this day. Um, but just having that person who can validate your story. I think that's what we were for each other is we helped each other validate our experience of what that relationship was. Once again, you are listening to Beyond Surviving with Tammy. We are in studio with Brittany Brown. Good morning, Dr. V. Good morning, Shalanda. Good morning, Women No Sports. Good morning, Can You? Thank you for tuning in. One of the things that you said was that you said you kept going back and forth. Mm -hmm. So as an advocate, we know that um, it takes an average of seven times for a person to leave an unhealthy relationship. And that's when you're going back and forth because you're saying, you know what, you know there's something inside saying you should leave, but then your heart is like, I love this person, so you go back to mm-hmm. them um, again. So we are actually coming up on, how old you said you were, 19 years old? I was um, like 19 and 20 at the time. 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. Next month is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. So if you are a parent, these are, this is a good opportunity to listen in because 19 is still a teen ager, yes, right? You mm-hmm. Our brains are not fully developed until mm-hmm. we're in our mid-20s. So we really in love our emotional our emotions are at a high at that time. What would you say, what do you know now that you did not know before as a 19-year-old? And oh. what would you tell that teenager? Um, what would I tell that teenager is believe your gut, right? Um, a lot of times uh, we, we, we talk ourselves out of scenarios. Like we, we, we have the, our first thought is normally the one that we should lean on. But then we just start coming up with these reasons and these excuses why we have to roll ourselves back. So one, it was just like, believe you first. Don't, don't worry about everyone else because I had friends who was just like, why would you leave him? He takes care of you. 
He lets you, you know, you have a nice house, nice car, right? Why are you, why, why do you keep trying to make something where it's not there? And it's like, no, I, I know it's something there, right? Um, the other thing is, it's just, just be open-minded, right? I'm, was grateful that I had someone or people around me that, um, was willing enough to kind of share just their little snippets and me not to close them out completely. I mean, I had followed up on everything at, at, you know, first thought, but I kept it in the back of my mind. And it's like, listen to people, take what they say. Maybe you don't take it, you know, 100%, but at least leave some room for you to revisit it again. Um, and then just the, the little red flags. And I know, um, again, it looks normal to, to a lot of us to, to have someone who just wants to spend 24 hours with us. Um, and, you know, they, you know, we get into an argument and then they tend to, to love bomb us or um, that gaslighting. Ooh, that can be something within itself, right? So um, when you start to think that something's not right, do your research. There's so many um, places out here on the internet, Facebook, Instagram, that can start to give you a clue of what could be happening in your relationship. Thank you for that. We do have a question uh, from Dr. V. Where, were there a time when he made it seem like you were doing something to him that was not normal? For example, saying you don't want me around and why not? Always. Good question. Always. So every argument, um, especially when you want to start voicing how you feel or he did something that made you feel um, a particular way, it was always turned back around on me. Well, you did this to make me do that to you, right? Like, like what? Like if you stop doing that, then I won't have to do this to you. Literally, um, he locked me outside in the cold. So imagine, you know what it feels outside right now, right? So imagine being outside in the cold with not a blanket or like true clothes on. And someone saying, until you apologize to me, you're going to be outside. At 19 years old, did your parents know what was going on? My parents had no clue. My parents had no clue. Um, the majority of my friends and family really didn't have a clue. My friends at the end, because I started to be more open with them of what was happening, um, and plus they were the ones that would always help me pack my stuff and leave, um, finally they got to the point where, like, come on, girl, like, Mm, is is this worth it, right? Um, so at the end, my friends became a little bit more vocal, but definitely the first year and a half, I covered it up. Yeah. So what gave you the strength to finally leave? Because we know, again, like you went back and forth, but we also know when the survivor tries to leave the relationship, that's the most dangerous time. So did you get any threats? Like, if you leave me, I'm going to commit suicide. If you leave me, I'm going to um, do anything to you. What gave you the strength to leave knowing that nothing's going to happen after you left? Um, well, so what gave me the strength to leave um, was we had already decided that we needed to live in separate separate units. Um, so that was like an opening space to kind of like, okay, now I really have a little bit of runway to try to really snip this all the way off. Um, I also had already known that he had started talking to someone else. And he had been talking to this young lady um, for at least about three or four months before we officially broke up. Um, and so I just really just played dumb. Like, I just didn't know because I knew he was going to try to use it as a triangulation on me to try to make me jealous of her to, to get us back together. 
Um, and there's another story I can tell about that later on. Um, but just using all of those things, just like just slowly, just like clip and just not like, just snip away at it. And the the balling point was I actually caught him um, with not even the girl that he was cheating with, with someone else at a uh, at an event. And that uh, was just like, don't even worry about it, bruh. Don't. We, we're done. Yeah. That's um, amazing because David just acted like was the last straw. Yeah. <laughs> and he just said. Yeah. Um, that that was definitely the last straw. I was like, okay, I already know you're with one chick. And then now I just caught you with, with another one. Like, I'm good. Um, and But no, that did that still did not guarantee my safety because my we had an apartment that both of our names were a part of. So he still had access to the apartment. So... Um, what started happening is he would show up random times to the apartment um, and not normal times. We're talking about I will come out my apartment at, to go to school in the morning and there's something sitting on my doorstep to let me know that he had been there throughout the night. So um, with that being said, I moved in immediately with my friend who uh, a lot of people heard me talk about this. Um, her name is Shanna Brown, forever grateful to her. She actually followed me around. like. She gave up her life and she came with me to school. She sat in class with me. She went with me to my jobs and she would just sit with me at my jobs. Um, and one evening he actually was waiting, um, you know, this time of year is dark outside. And he was like waiting at the end of the alley. And it's pretty dark. It's, like, it's a really dark alley. You can't see anything until you actually get to the, the parking lot. And he was waiting like right there on the side of the building. Um, and, you know, she was like, is that him? And we ended up ha having to actually, like, run and jump in the car. I felt like one of those movie scenes where you're, like, running to jump into the car and you're zooming off through the parking lot. Um, and he actually chased us for a couple of miles. And uh, we went straight to the police station, and I filed um, a restraining order against him. And because he was a part of the armed forces, his commander um, got 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 whiff of it as well and and basically told him like just just leave her alone like don't talk to her don't email her don't text her don't anything and that is what kind of finally made him fully back off yeah. for that for that time and I'm just <laughs> listening to your story because I just could imagine how terrifying and how scary you know that could have been for you that you're driving not knowing what this person is capable of especially if he's doing different things like because he was basically stalking you. Yeah, and the, the one thing that always stayed in the back of my mind is I knew that he had, I knew that he had weapons. I knew that he, you know, and so it was just like, is he going to try to, like, kidnap me? Is he going to try to harm me? Um, because he was still kind of living in that fantasy world where he, like, he was sending me text messages like we were still together. Like, oh, good morning, beautiful. We should go out to lunch today. And it's like, I haven't spoken to you in five weeks. And we know abuse is about control, mm -hmm. about control, about manipulation. There were some words that you were using that I want our listeners to make to know the meaning of. You said love bomb and gaslighting. What is love bombing? Um, so love bombing, um, and this is definitely Brittany's definition, all right? <laughs> um, so when I when I think of love bombing is is after you probably had like an argument or a disagreement, definitely if you have like threatened to leave, they tend to just like over overshadow you with love so now they want to be under you all the time they want to give you gifts they want to go wild right it's that moment to make you feel special again so um i call that the love bombing um phase again you know google someone may may say a little thing little something different there 
Um, and then gaslighting is just a form of, of manipulation. Um, you mentioned it earlier, you know, you get into an argument, you know, you trying to voice an opinion about something that they did and they try to turn it around on you like, well, if you don't do that, I won't do this. Or you made me do that to you. Um, or, you know, and it's, it's just a form of just really just mind and psych psychological control over over someone um, when it comes to gaslighting. It's a it's a strong skill of manipulation. Yeah. You also mentioned therapy, which I am a advocate for therapy. Um, how has that helped you? Especially because I, I'm thinking, did you go through any kind of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder after all of this? Um, maybe. I was never diagnosed. Um, I definitely knew that I went through a really down spiral, really hard, um, because I blamed myself for what happened. It was like, how could you let this happened to you. And I blamed myself for um, for the relationship. And um, therapy, you know, helped me realize what the relationship truly was, put some definitions to it, um, and also just realize that, um, you know, it, it's not all on you, right? Like he, he has some responsibility in, in this as well. Yeah. How are you doing now? Um. I'm doing great. I mean, that was what? Ooh, I lose track of the years now. That was 2007. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm in a better space. So what I've taken away from that is really just um, keeping that positive mindset, learning to keep yourself first. You know, I am enough. Is really just remembering your value, your worth, and what you bring to the table, and not to let somebody else try to tell you what you are, mm -hmm. right? Um, standing up for you first and that's really the space that I am now and how I try to help my clients that I work with um, is how to bring their joy and that happiness back in their life and, and staying there I know people who follow me they hear me talk all the time about taking rest intentional self-care um, and I'm about all of that right now because um, that's the biggest lesson I took away from from that relationship I see, because I, you know, I work with girls, and actually this week is um, our Positive Affirmation Week. Like, we're going to be just talking about positive affirmation. We're going to make positive affirmation nice. pillows. But as much as I talk, I also see, like, a lot of young girls talking about a toxic relationship and mm -hmm. how funny it is. And they have so many videos on Instagram and stuff talking about toxic relationship. I actually saw a video um, just this week. Uh, there was a meme and the guy was saying, oh, you're not home, you're not home. And he act like he had a gun in his waist and he was going out. And it was supposed to be like a funny thing. And I'm looking like, and people funny. are cracking up and saying how hilarious this is. And they're like, this is not funny, especially for somebody that's been in an abusive relationship. Those are like all triggers. So again, you know, we're coming up on Teen Dating Violence Awareness, Awareness Month. What do you want to tell parents? Because in the teenagers, we're talking to them, but they're thinking like, okay, it's okay, you know, it's okay he just loves it. It's okay he, he ghosted me last night. It's, it's okay, we're still gonna go ahead and deal with this toxic cycle. What do you wanna tell parents to help them with their kids? Um, the one thing that I will just tell the parents is um, sit down and have a conversation with your kids about what they deem to be healthy relationships and come up with a definition together of what that should look like. and. Um, I know some parents may say like, well, I'm not in one or maybe I don't truly have one. Maybe this is the time for you to kind of set that that foundation for everyone in the family of what healthy relationships look like. Like do some research and things on it. 
Um, and and just kind of, and as a parent, educate yourself on these things, right? So you could be aware. I actually had a parent, um, she said that she was able to identify um, that her daughter was in a toxic relationship because she knew the things to look for. And so when things started seeming a little bit just abnormal, she started asking little probing questions here and there. And she finally was like, yeah, this is what was going on and was able to get her daughter out of that. So it's really just about education and us just being aware, because, again, it's those those things that we think that are normal. Right. Um, and they they they. But when you string them together, it tells another story. But we have to be um, knowledgeable enough to pay attention to those. Yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to piggyback on what you said earlier that your friends were saying, why do you want to leave him? He's doing all of this stuff for you, right? And a lot of times when people are in, you know, young relationships and they're seeing all the material things, they're thinking like, why do you want to leave that person? Because they're giving you flowers or candy mm -hmm. or sneakers or whatever it is. Um, what is Bold Ambassador? Um, so Bold Ambassador... Uh, we are about helping women get back their, their happiness and joy in their life. So we provide coaching services. Um, you could either come through um, a one-on-one -on -one service, um, working with me, or I host webinars and workshops as well with other businesses. Um, or if you have something that you want to host yourself, um, we can get together and collaborate on that. But Bold Ambassador, our main mission is just to make sure that women never have to compromise. And, and so our services are built in to ensure um, that we're all just out here just living our most joyous life. Why the name Bold Ambassador? Um, well, because I am a rebel. <laughs> um, and I love the adjective bold because I just think, um, when I think about myself and how I will, how I decided I want to reintroduce Brittany Jarrell to the world after that relationship, that was my, my thing that I stood on is I want to come back out bold. I want to come out fierce. Um, and I want to come back, come back unapologetic. And um, and so I am ambassador of, of anybody who wants to be on board with that. How would they reach you? Um, so you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, both under Bold Ambassador. Um, if you want to send me a DM or a message, I'm always there. My, I always tell people my inbox is always open um, to reply. And uh, you can always send me an email as well um, at... Um, information at boldambassador.com. What would you like to tell 19-year-old Brittany? Um, Looking back, what would you tell her now? I would just tell her you were right. Yeah, you were right the first time. Wow. And that's powerful because you're right. You, we, we doubt ourselves. And the other thing that you had said was that you blamed yourself. Mm -hmm. So looking back now, do you blame yourself still? Um, I don't blame myself, but I do set my part in it. I accept the fact that um, you went back several times when you probably could have stopped it, uh, you know, um, in the beginning. You could have snipped it in the beginning. Um, I I do accept the fact that I did compromise on some of my values to to make other people comfortable. Um, and but you know that that is one of the hardest parts of therapy, right? Um, is having to say your piece that played into it. And I know sometimes like, well, I was the victim. And, and yes, I was a victim, but I also had had some parts in there as well. And in order 
for me to prevent that going forward. I have to identify what those actions were so I prevent those actions the next time I find myself in, in the situation. And that is so powerful because even within our own family, like if there's thing going going on, I always say, what part did you play in this, mm -hmm. right? Because it's so easy for us to play the victim and say, well, he did that to me or she did that to me. But it takes two people, and I'm no way saying that what he did was okay because, of course, I'm an yes. advocate, and right? yes. abuse is never okay. But I'm just thinking like in other circumstances as well, we kind of say, well, what role did I play in this? What did I contribute to this to make all of this happen? So I think that was very bold of you, bold ambassador, and brave of you um, as well. What last minute advice would you like to give out to not only young girls, but boys are in unhealthy relationships as well. There's one in six. What would you tell them? Um, I will tell them is one, find your person. Um, as I said, my person was, was my cousin, my friend at that time, um, and lean on them, right? Um, and maybe not so much to the person that is in the relationship because sometimes it's, it's hard for us to to want to talk about or reach out But it's more so to the family and friends and advocates around that may be suspicious of this is what's going on um, Sit down and talk to them. Um, you know see where their mind space is let them know that you will be there for them That is one of the biggest things is survivors are like well if I leave what happens? Who can I go to? Who can I trust? And so if you leave that door open and, you know, build that bridge with them, let them know that you're going to be there to support them. Um, that is one of the that that could be life altering for a survivor, especially someone who has to flee to find um, another place to live. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that as an advocate, the first thing that we learned, the first question that we learned to ask is, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. Right. No judgment. Just how can I help you? How can they reach you again? Oh, so you can find me on Facebook or Instagram um, at Bold Ambassador. Um, DMs are always open. And if you prefer email, you can send me an email at info at boldambassador.com. Thank you once again. Um, Shalanda Brown says, so proud of the woman you have grown into. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in this morning at Beyond Survivor with Tammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. Next month is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, so if you have a teen in your life, please make sure they tune in or sh go over to at Real Girls on Instagram, where we will be sharing information and statistics on Teen Dating Violence Awareness. Thank you again, Brittany, for coming in and sharing your story. Once again, Beyond Survivor with Tammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. Remember, your imperfections don't stop your greatness, and we will see you next Sunday. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond Surviving with Tammy, where we recognize, support, and empower survivors. If you'd like to be a guest or sponsor on the show, email us at beyondsurvivingtammy at gmail.com. See you next time right here on Rejoice 101.3 FM, 990 AM at 10 AM every Sunday. And remember, your imperfections don't stop your greatness. If anyone asks, you're listening to Rejoice. WREJ, Richmond, 101.3 FM, 990 AM.